Welcome to BNB Books and Banter, a podcast where we are currently reading through Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. This is Linda. And I'm Sarah. We're currently reading the first book, The Way of Kings. Join us as we journey back in Kaladin's past in chapter 25. Okay, so chapter 25, The Butcher. Yes. Although I do have a question for you. Do you think it's a cop-out where the author doesn't have to develop a character as much knowing that they're transients in the story? Like, you know, after this first book, Tien isn't really going to show up anymore. Spoilers. Well, no, no, it's not spoilers. He can't. He can't show show up anymore, (laughs) even if he wanted to. Yeah, um... It can be a cop-out to make the character very one-dimensional because you know that they're only going to be briefly there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want your world to feel alive and full of people or full of characters that you want your audience to connect with, why would you not develop out even the more minor characters or the characters that are only appearing briefly? Mm-hmm. Even if they don't show everything in the space of the five or so minutes we see them. Mm-hmm. they should still feel like they do have a character a fully fleshed out character like a reason behind what they're doing or something that's driving them to do what they're doing i feel like tian is pretty fleshed out I-, I think he does feel pretty fleshed out i would agree i think he has a very distinct distinct yeah he has a very distinct personality and a very distinct position in his life mm-hmm other people react to him in a certain way. Cal has is very protective of him. Right. And, I mean, he shows reasons for that protection. Yes. That, say, Cal doesn't necessarily see as the, the reason why, but us as readers and coming from a different perspective can understand why. And I think it, it gives a lot more weight to his character that way. And it gives a lot a lot more weight to Kaladin's reactions to Tien then. You can, you feel a lot more, you feel a lot more empathy for Cal because you know, you feel like you know Tien a little bit better. Right. I think the only thing I feel like would be a slight cop out is the fact that like Tien was the only one who can really effectively move Cal out of depression. And I can see, I understand like why with the way like the scenarios and the way, you know, the culture, I guess, around where they grew up, like I can, I can understand a little bit more, but there's a part of me that's like, how in the interim between Tien and Syl, like how did he manage? And I guess that's something we haven't seen yet. And maybe that's something that's coming up, but I just, There's a part of me that kind of hates that, oh, this one person is going to be lifting this person out of their emotional funk. Because I think it's so much more than just one person. Yes. But is it... I think Cal recognizes that Tien does it, but he may not recognize other people do it too. Yeah. I guess that's the way from Kaladin's point of view. Mm. It just feels like it's a little bit of a... I would say that part's a little underdeveloped. But again, that could just be actually Kaladin's character that he doesn't realize. All right. All right. I'll give you that. (laughs) I also think it's a very nice reversal to have. I think Cal admires Tien to a bit in that he doesn't really see any faults with him the way other people would. And you would see that kind of 
admiration or idolization between say a younger sibling and an older sibling but it's unusual to have an older sibling do it to a younger sibling mm-hmm. so i think cal can be a little bit blinded when it comes to tn and he may not realize he gets he that tn's not the only one doing it and i think we we do see that a little bit in this chapter yeah this chapter is very interesting in developing cal cal out yes <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what this chapter actually offers us and, uh, <laughs> you know, not not have to deal with all my random side questions all yeah, the time. Well, it was not a random side question because it leads us into this chapter, which is set seven years in the past. And is why you make, it, <laughs> you make it sound like I had a plan. Like, you did. <laughs> I did not. Let me link the plan together. <laughs> yeah, so seven years previous, Cal is... And this is why I've been calling him Cal, because in this chapter, he is Cal. Right. And he is 13 years old. And it's been a couple of months since the death of Bright Lord. Wistow? I don't remember. After uh, the, Bright <laughs> the Bright Lord. As you can tell, he's yeah. a very important character. Very. <laughs> Laurel's father. Yes. So we discover in the intervening months that... The townsfolk are gossiping about Liren's role in the death of the Bright Lord. Mm-hmm. And we get a glimpse of just how suspicious and superstitious they are in the face of surgery. Yes. But I just, I think what makes this chapter for me is Cal's mom, Hasina. Yes. She is such a character. I love her. Yeah. I want more of her, please. Like, she just gives it... Like, she's so witty. Yes. I think she's the type of witty that I thought um, Shalon was going to be, so I was very excited for it when they were like, oh, I'm way too witty. And I'm like, are you? Let's go, let's go. <laughs> um, so I may, maybe it's a wit that develops over time. Mm. But Hasina has no problems being witty or showing her wit, especially to her son, who is trying to be very downbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is an example of someone else sort of pulling Kaladin up because she very easily steers him away from just how negative he was being mm-hmm. and gets him working without even asking him to, which I think is a very good skill. I think this is also a different side of Kaladin just because it's a very different relationship. But the fact that he was saying, like, can we use the money to get you some help so you don't have to be out here doing this, I think it's very filial of him. Yes. Like, he's thinking about his mother and... He doesn't understand why she has to work if there is a pile of spheres at home. Like, why? Yeah. No, I I, I think it's not something I was expecting to see Mm. as a comment. But I think... um, Yeah. No, go for it. Um, I think Hesina just likes to be kept occupied as well. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if they had more than just the pile of spheres they had at home, I doubt she would be sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, I think she sees the value of work. So there's something to be said about that, where it's not, I wouldn't say it's not a chore, but... It gives you purpose in life and keeps you occupied. Some, some Something along those lines, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so also, I like that Cal has his mother to talk to about like all his feelings and thoughts, and she kind of helps him work through it. 
Mm. You know, and she makes it very clear. It's like, yeah, you can choose to be those things if that's really what you want to do. It's up to you, right? Mm. I like the fact that, like, she isn't saying, like, you have to be a surgeon. But she's also pointing out that he would never really happily want to be ignorant either. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's too, he has too much of a curious mind. Yeah. So I can appreciate the fact that she knows her son well enough to know that, you know, this he's talking like this and she's letting him and she's not really forcing him because she, like, knows very well how her son is like. Yeah. She knows how to guide him away from the kind of negative thoughts he's having. But also knows that he would not be happy with the kind of life he thinks he would prefer just to fit in. Yeah, so I can appreciate that. And that is another thing. I think Hesina is very well aware of how isolated they are as a family. She openly acknowledges that because of her husband's occupation, like this is going to be expected. Mm. She understands like not everybody is going to understand, you know, practical knowledge we learn a little more about superstitions around town which is always interesting too mm. like the burning of the glyph pair that's actually interesting to me so it's, it's an interesting for me to see because this is completely new sort of a different type of charm yeah yeah a different kind of superstition to have yeah no it's definitely very interesting um and it kind of implies that like there's a certain amount of literacy Mm. I would say that people like still believe that like if you burn the words like it could help but I think like the sentiment and the emotion around you know this is something mystical and you can pass it off versus like what Hasina was saying about yeah but technically your father has some power over life and death and people don't understand that yeah and as she says, if the burning of the glyph pair doesn't work, they can just say, well, it was the will of the Almighty. But well, Yeah, it's out of our hands. This is how it's going to be. Yeah, but with Liren, he literally has the power. But like, in reality, he doesn't. He doesn't. He can only, you know, help them to survive. Mm. Right. But I don't think they understand it's ultimately not his choice whether somebody lives or dies. Especially if it's something like, well, you got to take care of, you know, your body by drinking more fluids and sleeping on time and, you know, drinking this herbal medicine, which can help you. I think that to me implies like it puts the power back into their, the patient's hands. And some people just don't want that responsibility. Or want to do the work in order to be... They just want an easy solution. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. And burning a glyph pair is an easy solution. And thus, easy to write off if it doesn't go the way they want it to. Right. I think that's, you know, something we even see today. Like, it's really hard to get people to take personal responsibility for their own their own health. Mm-hmm. So, I can only imagine how it's going to be when people are less... I wouldn't say less, no, I guess less knowledgeable. Yeah. Or if there's less... More superstitious? Mystical? I don't know. I don't know what it would be in the sense that, like, there's, like, I think here or in our present day or in this world, I don't know how we were going to run this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a lot of knowledge available related to health and related to how your body works and how it functions. So you you have the tools available 
to work around that. I'm not saying like all issues in the world are are easily solved. Now, clearly that's not the case, but there is a lot of knowledge available for the everyday person, right? You know, for those of us who aren't doctors, like we know, we know we can look up a picture of, you know, the human anatomy and know where all the major organs are and understand. And we accept the fact that there are major organs in our body and that, you know, for whatever reason, like whatever reason you need that knowledge for, like it's, it's not, it's not uncommon knowledge. Yeah. And it's something we've taken for granted that, yes, this is the way of the world that everybody like needs hearts and and hearts but like need to have a heart to be pumping blood and you need to have lungs to breathe Mm -hmm. that type of thing Mm. if that makes sense because from the fear or from the uncomfortable from how uncomfortable some of the gossip that Kaladin was listening to like people just don't understand like the basic anatomy of the body yeah and they they just they react badly to anything happening to the body that is not that's done by man basically that's man-made right versus us now like in our current situation like if somebody said oh you have a you know hole in your heart and you need to have surgery to fix it you're like okay i understand Mm. the implications of Mm -hmm. that (laughs) you know i think that's the major difference here yeah yeah it's it's incredible how ignorance can render something as important as medicine to be so distrusted. Yeah. And, I mean, that's exactly what's happening here. But, I mean, it's their own health that they are putting on the line here. And that's Hasina's point, right? Like, oh, they can be fearful of him, but they still they still need him. So they're never going to be 100% afraid of him because they know that he ha- he has knowledge that could save their life like they want to live enough that they're not going to be afraid if he tells them how to live a, like another like week or two you know or not die in the next week or two probably would yeah. be more accurate <laughs> i mean if one of them falls and breaks a bone breaks a bone like he still will show up and they will still trust him enough to do what needs to be done even if they don't even if they are fearful. Exactly. Like, if he gives them a cast, and this is the way that you keep your arm functional, and you don't lose it, then mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're going to listen. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's the conversation that Kaladin basically has with his mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with more, you know, our interpretation of <laughs> what's going on there, and they finish their conversation in, like, two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think... um I think there's a bit raised in the conversation that is. I think it's just kind of emphasized just how isolated Kaladin feels. And I mean, Hasina makes the point that Tien is his friend, but he's like, oh, Tien's my brother. But Cal wants, I think he just wants, he wants friends. He wants to fit in. He'll never fit in among the dark eyes because he is the son of a surgeon and he is training to be a surgeon. But he will also never fit in with the light eyes because they will always see him as inferior. A second on. Yeah. So he'll always be on the fringes of society where he is right now. And the acceptance he's looking for, he's not going to get. Right. I also think it's interesting that he's realized that 
basically his mother has been playing matchmaking, hoping yeah. that, <laughs> you know, that there's something going on between Laurel and himself and they can, that they would be interested in each other. But he also realizes that in his current status, Laurel would see him as inferior. And, and he's not wrong. Mm. And he makes the realization that this is maybe why Laurel has been encouraging him to join the army and this way, win a shard blade. Yeah. Because that makes you equal, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what's important. <laughs> and I mean, we still see that talk in the army camps. Yeah. To, in in Kaladin's current time. That's true. Everybody wants Rock. Rock and his people want a shard. But I don't think they want to be light-eyed. I just think they want the power. The prestige uh, power that comes with it. But the regulars, or even in Dalinar, right? His attendant that was helping him is the wife, right? Of one of his, one of his higher-ranking officers is hoping that they will bring a shard. Yes. And become light-eyed. Yep. So this is well known, although we have not seen it happen. It is well known. It's well known, um, what would you call it? It's a well-known truth. It's a, well, it's a well-known truth among people of the lower classes. Whether it actually happens in reality, we have yet to see. I mean, we know that even some of the minor light eyes would want the shard. Mm-hmm. So, and you're wondering if it actually turns a dark-eyed person into a light-eyed person, right? Yes. Yeah. Do their eyes actually change? And does, will, will society accept them? Right. Well, I mean, I think they would have to. There's a lot of power inherent in a shard blade or a shard plate. Mm -hmm. that they can get away with throwing the weight around a little more. So I think some measure of respect is going to be instantly got just because of the martial properties of having the shard. Yeah, yeah. So it's looking more and more likely that Cal wants to go down the army route because it gets him... It gets him what he wants. He wants to be, he wants to be equal yeah. to, some pe to, to his peers, be it light or dark-eyed. He just believes that there's a lot of possibilities that come with winning a shard mm -hmm. um and i also just want to point out another thing that isolates him uh, at least among in this town is hasina corrects him in his speech he's been raised to speak in a certain way and that is not like how everyone else in the town speaks so an easy way to fit in to you know, to to make someone stand out and be identified as different is in how they speak. Agree. Agree. Um, and then the other thing that happens in this chapter is they finally get a new Bright Lord. Yes. So it's taken them a couple of months to fill the position, which I don't know what the turnaround is on reassigning Bright Lords to different areas. Yeah. And it's usually supposed to be like an award type like acknowledgement that you're granted. Mm. some land yes um and i think the townsfolk are expecting the new bright lord to be excited, excited about his new role right but what they find is that this guy just sees them as a backwater like it's almost like a punishment for him mm. to be where he is he does not want to be there he is in the middle of nowhere up way away from the capital yeah and he's not happy 
he's very unhappy. And what he does is pretty... It's pretty mean. I think so. Yeah, in that he blames Liren for his current predicament in saying that he Liren allowed the previous Bright Lord to die. Right. Now, saying that in front of all of the townsfolk is not going to help with... Their current situation. Their current situation. <laughs> so, I think Cal's father's remark about saying... This could be either really good or really bad. I think he's being far too optimistic. Right. So that's how we get the name of the title, right? The Butcher. Because there's because... no actual butchers mentioned in this title. Right. It's it's some sort of game that they play? Yeah, it's, it sounds like cards. It sounds like cards where like you could have a very bad hand or a very bad or a very good hand. Mm. And they they got a hand that's somewhere in the middle where it's like you cannot really influence... Like, you're dealt the hand you're dealt with, right? And it's really dependent on all the other players, whether or not this is going to be good or it's going to be bad. Yes. That type of move is called the Butcher. Yes. So, Cal's family have just been dealt the Butcher. Yep. Could be good, could be bad. You you don't know. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Hesina is the more positive one. I mean... Liren is, he's both positive and negative about it. Right. Um, but Hesina is trying to push the positive route. Like, don't don't dwell on the negative right now. Um, I wonder, is it just because she's had that conversation with Cal? No, I think it kind of makes sense given what we know of Cal's father's personality. He's just a practical type of guy, right? So, and sometimes practical doesn't measure into the situation yeah like if you're just left with a lot of questions it's like you're gonna have to you know choose i would hate to say choose a stance but choose something and he's just very unsure versus like hasina's just trying to keep everything positive because we don't know Mm. right and if they already got dealt a hand where where they've been dealt a hand where they have no influence they can only see how it plays out yeah so she's just being hopeful Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. We all need a little bit of hope to get us through the day. Exactly. Mm. I would just like to make just one more point about the Bright Lord basically blaming Liren for his predicament. He is feeding into that belief that... He chose, that he could choose not to save somebody and not save somebody. Yes, that if a glyph fails, it's because the Almighty willed it. But if... Liren fails it's his doing yeah and for Bright Lord to do that someone who has come from elsewhere and who potentially could be just as knowledgeable mm-hmm. I could just be just as educated it's I don't know if it's ignorance on the Bright Lord's part or if he is feeding the townsfolk to make sure that they are opposed to Liren so he can remove him mm. that could be a potential we also have, you know, what Cal has learned from rumors that, you know, possibly this guy is just a warrior, so he's just very blunt. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't have that type of knowledge because he's just a warrior. And, you know, I wouldn't say just a warrior, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously been distinguished on the battlefield in order to gain the reward of becoming a Bright Lord. Right. 
Actually, we don't know if he got demoted to being just a Bright Lord. That's true. He could have been higher. He could have been higher because he makes it seem like this is a punishment. Mm. So in that case, he would react badly to everything. Yeah, I, I think so. So we don't know all that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to kind of bring up is some of the townspeople think that Liren stole the... The spheres? The spheres, yes. Yes. I was about to say, the money. Stole the money. Yes. And they said, you know, he was the one who drafted it up. So even even the document that was signed by the previous Bright Lord is highly suspect. Mm-hmm. And Hesina is silent after Kyle tells her this. Right. Which is like, would you, would you not refute this? Or she is surprised that the town actually thinks this of her husband. Thinks so badly of her husband. Right. And she doesn't know how to respond. Yeah. Like, those spheres have been in their house for how long? For a while. And for as far as she knows, this means her son is set. And so... That's her son's education there. Exactly. So I think in her head, she's pondering, like, what if, like, they don't get to keep the spheres? Then what will they do about Kaladin? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How will he get his education? His proper education? Right. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. There is. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Next time, we will be with Dalinar and Adeline. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter or on Instagram at BN Banter Podcast. Again, that's BN Banter Podcast to get episode updates. If you extra love us, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast to help spread the joy.